good morning, church. Thank you. I have to forgive me for that smoke up. I <laughs> uh, hope everybody's fine. And I hope everybody's having a wonderful morning. Amen. Yeah, uh, we've been in our series of adventure. It's been a wonderful journey so far. How, how are we guys doing? Are we enjoying our adventures with God so far? Okay, we're going to continue today. But before I proceed, I'd just like us to pray together. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, we just want to thank you, Lord, for your presence, that you are here in our midst right now, Lord, and that your perfect will is among us, O oh Lord. We seek you and we desire you more than anything, more than anything else, O oh Lord, more than any treasure the world could ever. We desire you. We want you, God. And Lord, we thank you that it is your name, O oh Lord, that leads to victories, to a triumphant victory. And we declare that victory over every situation, over every area of our lives, Lord. We pray that today courage may rise up in our hearts. We pray that today boldness may rise up in our hearts to know what you've called us to be, to know the promises that you've put upon our, heart, upon our lives, Lord. That, and also that your word is unshakable, it's unchanging. Lord, we just commit the word that will be spoken uh, this morning. Lord, let it not be to glorify any man, but may it be to glorify you. I pray that hearts may be drawn to you, to your perfect love this morning in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All righty. Okay, um, today we are in Joshua chapter 1. Uh, we are looking at Joshua chapter 1, and we've been, we've been speaking about it throughout the service. Uh, even the prayer was about that. We are talking about being strong and courageous. And just a brief background about what is happening here before I read the passage from Joshua of what is happening in this passage. It's um, that God, I'm sure you know the story of the Israelites, right? God had promised the, uh, has, had promised the Israelites a land, um, uh, the promised land, they called it. And he had promised it to Abraham and his descendants. At a certain time, they were in captivity. They were slaves in Egypt for over 500 years. And God had a redemptive plan of bringing the Israelites from Egypt and into the promised land, to the land that God had promised to give them. And God sent this man, God had lifted up this man called Moses. And I'm sure most of us are very familiar with the story of Moses. And many things that God did through Moses. And the charging army is coming against you. They are going to kill you. And you're like, God, you've brought us here to die. What, why did you bring us here? This is an impossible situation. All hope is lost. There's nothing that can be done. But then in just moment, in that moment, God parts the sea, you know. And you realize, oh my goodness, you are way bigger than I ever thought you are. You are way bigger than the boxes that I'd put you in. It's those situations that build up our faith, that show us how great our God is. Amen. And it's the same, like even for uh, the story that we are in, yes, the battles that we are in last week when Malina was preaching, even for Jericho. The necessity of Jericho is for you and my faith to be lifted up. And as we live our lives, as you live your life, maybe there's a promise that you have upon your life. And I feel that maybe some people have already even started to give up because of the opposition, because of the challenges that they are faced. But I want to let you know that it is God. There is God even in that. He specializes in those situations. And just to give a few more examples of uh, the period of delayment between the promise being spoken and then the fulfillment is people like David. You know, God had changed his mind at about so a long time ago. When David was 15 years old, God said, 
Saul no longer be king. Samuel go and anoint a new king. And David was anointed as, as king. That was God's promise upon his life. That was God's destiny upon his life. But how long did it take for him to actually become king? David was king at age 30. And in, the be- in between, there was high times when they would win battles, but there, also, so, there was also a lot of low times where his very life would be threatened, where he would have to hide in the caves. But all that, it called for endurance. It called for perseverance. Amen. And I would just like to read a scripture from Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36. And it says, For you have need for endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what he has promised. The promises of God call for endurance. And that's why we need courage and strength. The promises of God call for endurance. And also another person maybe I would like to highlight about this delayment period is Joseph. Most of us are maybe very familiar with the story of Joseph. But Joseph in his young age, around the age of 17, God had told him that these people, that the people around him basically are going to bow before him. He's going to be lifted up and they're going to bow before him. And, you know, I could imagine what, uh, what Joseph thought of that at that age. He was like, oh, man, this is going to happen really soon. This is going to, and I could imagine maybe he was probably wondering, how is this going to happen? Maybe at that age he was probably like, um, Betway, you know, he's going to score big on Betway, and then everybody's just going to bow before him. But if you actually see the journey, you see the process. There was slavery in there. There was prison in there before actually arriving to God's purpose. But in the in-between, there was a responsibility from him to endure, to stay strong. Amen. Um, And now back to Joshua um, from the the passage that we've been reading. I noticed that there there are a few things that God said as he was speaking to Joshua that that were sort of reminders to Joshua on to make him stronger, to give him confidence, to stand even, to stand firm and to stand and to be courageous. And I'd just like to highlight some of these things for us today. And there are three things that I noted out, but of course you can notice more if you take time to read this passage. But the first one is the promise of God. And I'll just read from, uh, from Joshua chapter 1 verse 3 again. It says, I will give you every place where you set your foot. As I promised Moses, your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river of Euphrates, the Hittites country, and to the Mediterranean Sea and to the west. No one, who's, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. Children of God, that sounds like a promise. And that was God's promise to Joshua. So God was basically telling Joshua, you can be strong and courageous because my promise is on you. I've promised, I've said it, it is a done deal, you know. And Joshua could remember God's promises and stand firm because God's, you know, actually let me read that scripture. It's from Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. And it says, The Lord is not a man, God is not human that he should lie, 
Not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and then not fulfill? No, 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 no. God's promise stands firm from age to age. His promises are true. And of course, there will be challenges. Of course, there will be things, situations and, and things that just make you question. But the thing that cannot be questioned is God's promises. When God says it, it is a done deal. It is a, it is a yes and amen. That's what the Bible says. And you know, the, the thing is that this was not dependent on Joshua. The promise is not dependent on Joshua's ability, Joshua's talents, Joshua's capability. It was dependent on God himself, you know. God may use our talents, he may use our abilities, but ultimately, his will being done and his promises being fulfilled are based on his word. Because he said it, it is a done deal. I'd like to read another scripture from 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. And it says, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes and amen in Christ. As, as though and so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Is there a promise over your life? Come on, you can do it better. Is there a promise over your life? Do you believe that God is going to bring it to fulfillment? Amen. And that's, what, that's the assurance we have. That's the assurance that that Joshua, that this is not about me. This is not about my incapabilities, my weaknesses. This is about God's promise. God has said it, and it is a done deal. And you know, so many, so many times we tend to, to see victories and losses um, from a very human point of view. We, we see, how can, I, how can I put this? We see them from, you know, maybe they only lost because they didn't have a good enough strategy. Maybe we won because we had the best strategy. And I think it's also the same in soccer. You know, when after a match, most of my friends will be like, oh, you know what, they were playing this formation. I think they didn't make use of that striker and that defender, so they lost. You know, th all those human strategies. And we, from a human point of view, we, we either see a win or a loss because of how men have planned. But the Bible says that no king is saved by the size of his army. No warrior escapes by his great strength. You know, there's God in everything. And your promise, the promise that God has put upon your life is not dependent on how much you don't have, how, how qualified or unqualified you are. It's dependent on God's promises. And I see the same thing again to our example for, uh, uh, to, for today. Jo sorry, David. You know, David coming up against Goliath, he wasn't in the army. He wasn't qualified for that. He was only told to go to take bread for his other brothers, you know. But growing up, facing that situation, he didn't, he didn't make the battle his own. His own. He made it the Lord's battle. Go, you know, Goliath, it wasn't about the stone. Goliath had already lost from just as soon as David spoke, uh, stepped up on that scene. Because the first thing you hear from David is, uh, who are you, Goliath, to defy the armies of the Lord? That declaration right there shows where his confidence was. It wasn't in himself. It wasn't in his abilities. It wasn't, in, oh, no, I'm not as trained as these guys. I didn't go to military school. I'm not, as, I'm not as old as they are. But it was based on who God was. 
And that is a promise that you and I have. It's not based on our strategies, on our capabilities, but on who God is. His promises to you and me. And the Bible says that his promises are yes and amen. No matter how many he has made, you can reclaim the promises. You can declare the promises about, uh, of, of God upon your life because they are all yes and amen. No matter the situation, no matter the challenge, God has said it, it is so. Amen. And, you know, saying that, I'm just remind, I, I remembered a story from the, my personal life, like in grade eight and nine. So I was quite late going, going, going to school. I think I was either two months or a month late. But what I found is that when I went in class, um, I sat where there was space. So I sat with these like very big, muscular, very old guys. I think they were quite old. You know, basically the, the wrong crowds. I, that's where I sat. So I became friends with these guys for some months. I sat there. And then after a while, uh, I thought, you know, these are not my type of people. I changed the scenery. We, of course, there was no hard feelings. They understood it was a mutual breakup. <laughs> but um, one thing I found is that because of the friendship I had built with these guys, they were, they were quite scary. You know, they used to intimidate everybody in class, but not me, of course, because I was basically one of them. But I found that I was sort of invincible in class. You know, I could just basically be a little bit stupid. I would just do whatever I want to whoever I want because I know my backup, you know. I'll just, if somebody tries to threaten me, I'll just say, hey, hey, I'll tell, I'll tell that guy. I don't want to mention the names here because <laughs> I might get in trouble. But, you know, I'll just be like, oh, I'll tell that guy. And, you know, it, it, there was a bit of silliness in me because I was like, these guys always have my back despite the situation. But how much more our God, you know, the creator of the universe, you are his possession. Come on, church. You are his possession. And I feel we can be a little bit silly as believers, you know, when you're facing a situation, you know, that, ah, when he shows up, you guys are so dead. That's a confidence we can carry because of what God has spoken about your life, because of what God has spoken about my life. Amen. Um, the second thing I see... Um, God reminds Joshua of is the, the presence of God, his presence with him. And that is coming from this, from verse 5. Um, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Amazing. God will never leave you nor forsake you. So here's God reminding Joshua why he, can be bo uh, why he can be strong and courageous. Number one, because my promise, you know, I've said it, it is a done deal. Second, I am with you. I am with you. And let's read uh, just from Psalms chapter 23, verse 4. And this is David. He says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your road and your staff, they comfort me. Amen. And the beauty about this scripture is that it's not guaranteeing that you will not walk through dark valleys. There will be times where you have to walk through dark valleys. And it was the same for Joshua. God wasn't guaranteeing that there won't be battles ahead. It wasn't a, a switch ride to, to Canaan. There's going to be difficult situations, but God is with you. I am with you. God brings comfort. God brings 
um, strength by his presence. And that, that's just an amazing thing. And I feel sometimes we take for granted the presence of God, like, because we don't acknowledge it, you know. The presence of God brings peace even in the midst of a storm. You know, if you, look, if you go to the story of Jesus, you know, he was sleeping when there was a heavy storm around. Because I feel he understood in his heart that no matter how big or how great the storm may get, it, may never be, it can never be as big as the one who was in him. You know, no situation will ever be bigger than your God. The one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the, wor- in the world. And a passage also from Psalms 23, verse 11, that says, The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. I really like this scripture. And uh, I just, like, I feel these are the things that come with the presence of God. And why, what do we need strength for? What do we need peace for? I feel the peace is to stay, to remain at peace inside despite the storm around us, despite whatever is going on around us, that our hearts, our minds may be at peace still, that our hearts, our minds may be in his rest. And strength, what do we need strength for? Well, strength is for enduring. You know, God has called us to enduring. And to, like I said before, this period between the promise being declared to it being fulfilled, it calls for endurance, to stay strong, to hang in there, to keep doing, to keep pressing on, doing the same thing over and over again, sometimes even though you don't see any results. And you know, in our own ability, in our own flesh, in our own, in our own bodies, we, fa- we, we fail, you know. We, our bodies might grow weak and we're just like, God, I can't do this, do this anymore. I'm done. But God gives us fresh strength again to carry on. God gives us strength again to take another day. You know, I had a conversation with Melina some time back, and we are just talking about how God sometimes will just give you strength just enough for that day, just that one day. You know, not, you're not really sure about what tomorrow looks like or the, uh, the next few weeks, but God will give you strength to carry on just that one day. You know, and when tomorrow comes, strength again. God's promise to you and me is true, and it will never fail. And we need to, and we need to be aware of His presence. I I think with this one, the pro, the promise of the presence, we've got our we've got personal responsibilities to it. We need to invite His presence in. We need to carry His presence um, in in our in our battles. And let me just read from Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. So this is after God makes his promises, these declarations about to Joshua. But then he gives him this, this command. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything that is written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. This was the premise to the promise. You know, remember sometime back we spoke about Every promise having a premise. God is just basically saying, you need to carry my presence everywhere. You know, I need to be first in everything. I've said it. It's my promise. I've, uh, I've put a calling on your life. I've, all this is true. Just put me first. Just put me first in everything that you are doing, in everything that you're putting your hands to. 
And this, is, this, I feel, is our personal responsibilities as believers, to meditate on his word day and night, to, make, to allow Jesus to fill us. You know, the word is his presence. The word and God are one. Filling, filling ourselves with the word is filling ourselves with his presence and with his might. Amen. Um, the third thing that I noticed Joshua being reminded of is the calling. And I'll read from, from I'll read on verse 6, and this is God speaking uh, still. He says, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to the inheritance to the inheritance land I saw to their ancestors to give them. God is saying, okay, be strong and courageous because you, you will lead these people to the inheritance that I promised these people. And I feel this, if I was Joshua, this would have been a reminder to me that, you know, God chose me for this. God equipped me for this. You know, it was, God was reminding Joshua that it did not just stumble upon leadership. That God was like, oh, now Moses is gone. What am I going to do? Ah, Joshua, can you come and take up this, this position, lead these people? It, that wasn't the case. Before, God already had a plan. He already knew Joshua. And he knew, okay, this period, Joshua is going to take up. And he equipped him for that. He enabled him for that. He built him for that. Um, and he qualified him. He qualified for him, qualified him for that. It's, it's God's call upon his life that he was able to carry forth what God has, had instructed him to do, you know. And the Bible says in Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5, if we could just read that, that it is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own, but our qualification comes from God. Joshua's qualification was from God. Your qualification is from God. My qualification is from God, you know. And, you know, with, with the issue of calling, I feel people have misunderstood it to be just calling to be a pastor, calling to be, you know. It, it, I want to remind you, God is a God of purpose, and he has purposed you. And whatever purpose he has put on your life, he has called you to. And he has qualified you. There's a calling on your life to the body of Christ. There's a calling upon your life to society. You know, not, not everybody is going to be Pastor Lundas. We need pastors, but if the whole world was pastors, ish, <laughs> the world wouldn't exist. We need doctors, we need lawyers, we need, we need engineers, we need all these people who are filled with kingdom, who are filled with heaven, that is a calling that God has put in your, upon your life. Whatever it is that uh, God has, has placed on your heart, the Bible says, do it as one doing it unto God. Uh, serve as one serving unto God. God cares even about those things that you feel, ah, but it's just, it's just my school, it's just my education. I think God only cares on a Sunday when I go to church, but... When I'm in school, it doesn't matter much. But even in that, God is saying that he has qualified you. Not that you are qualified in yourself, but God has qualified you. And, you know, the issue with calling is that most times we get tempted to, to comparison. 
Um, imagine if Joshua had compelled. You know, taking up after Moses is a big challenge, you know. I could imagine it could, there could be a bit of insecurities, but God, that was Moses. That was the man, you know. And you're asking me to lead. But God wasn't wanting another Moses. God was wanting a Joshua. This was, this was a job that only a Joshua can do. If he wanted it to be a Moses um, uh, journey, he would have carried Moses all the way through. But this was specific to Joshua. And Joshua was well equipped. Joshua was built for that. You know, so there was no need to compare. To compare. There is no need to compete. And that is the same for us. There's a, the call that you have upon your life, the call that I have upon my life is specific to me. There's no comparison. There's no competition. There's only running the race that God has put before you. There's only running the race. So what is your race? What is that that God has called you to do? There's a promise over you. Um, there's an anointing over you. And you are qualified for it. You are qualified. God has qualified. So because of that, you can be bold. You can be courageous despite what happens between, you know, despite what you face as, as you go along. Uh, one part of the Bible that I always remember when, I'm, when I think about comparison is, Peter, you know, I won't quote it rightly because it's just coming to my head now. After Jesus had resurrected and he was reinstating Peter, it was like, okay, Peter, feed my sheep. Uh, do you love me, Peter? You know, and then Peter was like, okay, yes, I'll do that. And, Joshua, and Jesus gives this prophecy over Peter's life that this is what's going to happen. This is going to be, uh, it gives a prophecy even about his death. But then Peter um, I guess maybe you were thinking, you know, I betrayed Jesus and still there's purpose and there's calling over my life. And all these great things are going to happen. But what about that guy? Then he saw John. John was, ahead, was walking ahead of them. What about John? You know, he was always close to Jesus. I wonder what's going to happen to him. So Peter goes like, but Jesus, what about him? And then I like Jesus' response to Peter's question. He's like, what is it to you if I choose to keep him alive until the end of, the, of, of, of time, basically? You must follow me. And that is the same for us. We have been called to follow Christ. It's, like I said before, there's no competition in your calling. There's no, you're, you've got everything that you need to run the race that God has put before you. And I strongly believe that nobody else can run it but you. Because you are built for that situation. You are built for it. And God has qualified you. Amen. And you know, having said that, as I conclude about being strong and being courageous, like, just maybe a recap, there's a time period. God says it. It's not always instant. Maybe you've received an instant, but maybe I'll speak for myself. I'm still waiting upon the Lord. You know, but this period, it calls for endurance. And we can be strong and courageous as we wait upon the Lord because his presence is with us, because his promise is upon us, and because his calling is upon us. You know, those three things are unshakable, and he is with us. He has said it, it is finished, it is done. You know, um, a few... In the past few weeks, I've been, I was asked um, at, two, at two different occasions what my favorite scripture was. And both times I was 
you're like, oh, what is your favorite scripture? And give a reason to why it's your favorite scripture. And I was, I think it has it helped me remember why I really love this particular scripture. It comes from Second uh, Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. And this is God speaking to Paul. Paul having this weakness in his body, like he had a thorn in the flesh as he described it. But God says to, to Paul, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weaknesses. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Wow. I think I really love it. Even like the period it came into my life, I'd never read that scripture, but at this time, I think I was in grade 11 then, but I was just, I felt so powerless, so weak. You know, I had grown up in a Christian home, spiritual weakness actually. And I knew what God wanted. I knew what God had commanded. But I, ju- I, I was just incapable of doing it. I was like, God, I can't do this. I've failed. I've tried it over and over again. I think I'm done here. I don't think I can carry forth what you desire, what you want of me. I know your commandments, but it's so impossible to do. But then that scripture came. My grace is sufficient for you, and my power is made perfect in weaknesses. Woo! And I, I guess I believed it because it brought so much confidence. It changed my perception. Not, not really that I, that there was like a supernatural strength in that moment, but just my perception changed. Because this, before I was like, oh God, how am I going to do this? How am I going to deal with this? I was always self-condemning, self-panicking, and all that, all that kind of stuff. But after that, I was like, okay, you know, God has said it. It's not my problem, it's his. He has taken it, you know. And for me, I just thought that this is like a front row ticket to see the power of God. This is an opportunity because I know my mountain is big. I know it's big, but God says he can deal with it. So let me just sit back and see what he does, you know. Let me, it's it's like Jericho. I I feel maybe the Israelites could have felt the same, you know. Like, okay, God has said it. Let's see how, how he does it. Let's see how he's going to make this worse war because his promises is unshakable. And I was in that place. I was like, ah, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward. Let's see how God tears down this world. And, you know, looking back now, oh, man, his grace has really been made sufficient in my life. I can testify to that, that God's grace, God's strength um, has been sufficient. And I just remember to that period of my life where I would maybe... I remember one night, I'll never forget that night, but I was just basically crying. I was like, I wasn't the best in school. I wasn't the best at anything, basically. And you know, in school, you go around with, you, you could have a class teacher, teaches you all the subjects, but no, no teacher ever knew my name. I was always that kid. And I just, and this night, I was thinking to myself, my goodness, if my life ever amounts to anything, it will be you, God. Then I know it's you. Because I feel at this rate, ah, nothing is coming out of me. Um, but now, looking back against you, oh, what a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God he is. His grace is sufficient for you. And his power is made perfect in our weaknesses. See, being strong and courageous is relying on God's strength. 
is relying on him, standing up in him, being strong in him. Being strong and courageous is being vulnerable to God, allowing him to take our weaknesses, the good, the bad, the ugly, just like, oh, God, everything I lay before you. That's where strength comes from. That's where courage comes from. And I don't know whatever mountains you may be facing, whatever Jericho's may be before you, whatever red, whatever sea may be before you, and a situation that may seem impossible, that may, and maybe some people have already given up. They're like, okay, you know, maybe God said it. I don't believe it anymore because this thing is just so big. And you're stuck at that point. You're stuck just before the Red Sea and nothing is moving. Can we just close our eyes together? And I'll just like for you to just give that weakness, give that situation, give that mountain, give that Goliath to God. Just in a moment, just ask him, God, take control over this. I place my confidence in you. And God is saying that it's okay. You can be a bit silly, you know. You can, you can smile because it's in his hands now. It's in his hands. Just say something to him. If you are, the, you, you are in that place, you are in that situation, and there's just mountains before you, and just allow him to fill you with peace and strength. That's what the presence of the Lord does. It brings strength and peace. Despite the situation. Despite the circumstances. And also, with all the eyes closed, I'd just like to give an opportunity to Anybody who has not received Jesus Christ, if you are not walking with him, if you would like to know more about, know more of him, this loving God, this merciful God who pursues you, I want to tell you that he loves you so dearly. You are his treasure. And his promises are yes and amen. His promises to you he will fulfill. I'd like to give you an invitation, if you're not a believer, if you've not accepted Jesus Christ, to receive him, to let him take control, to let him take the will. Wherever you are, I'm not going to ask you to come to the front, but just wherever you are, if you can raise your hand if you've not received Jesus, and then we're going to pray together. Just raise your hand. And I would just like to ask that all of us as a church together, we pray. Um, let's just say, dear God, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. And I thank you that despite that, you gave your son to die for me. That in my sin, you came for me. Today, I accept your love. I accept your promise. I accept your presence. I accept your calling. I give you my life, Lord. Be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name. 
Father, I just want to commit everybody who's just given their lives to you this morning. Anybody who's struggling uh, with mountains that they are facing, God of all strength, God of all the universe, I pray that you may give them the strength to carry on. I pray that you may give them the grace, O Lord, to carry on, to fight on, to be strong and courageous, not to just exist, but to live. Father, whatever promises that you've made upon their lives, Lord, may you rekindle that fire, may you rekindle that flame in their hearts, that they may be reminded that you are still faithful, that you are still good, that you still haven't failed us yet. Your promise will always stand. Father, for those of you who've started their walk with you today, I pray that you may draw them nearer to you. I pray for an infilling of the Holy Spirit. Father, I just pray that you may have your way over your children in Jesus' mighty name. I pray that as they face whatever they may face, O Lord, onwards, that they may remember you, that they may know that God is with them, that they may acknowledge your presence. Father, may you just show them that you are with them, O Lord, that you are, your spirit is sealed with them until the day of redemption. Father, I just pray that you may give them strength and courage to overcome and courage to overcome whatever they may face or whatever may come their way. I just speak your peace in whatever situation. I speak your destiny, your calling, O oh Lord, to come alive in them in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, we worship you. We exalt you. We lift up your name. Mighty God, you are worthy. I'd just like us to stand together, church, as we declare this promise, the promises of God in our lives are unshakable. There's going to be a song on our screen, but just feel free to just pray to him, seek him out, and let this song just lift up your faith that his promises still stand, that God still moves mountains, and if he did it before, he's going to do it again. We've not reached the end yet. There's more to come. God is with us.